even if you don't own a business, there are things you're going to go through that will feel insurmountable. Like you cannot overcome them. And you can always overcome anything. Like I say that because we overcame the loss of two jobs, the fact that we almost lost our home, we filed bankruptcy. Like that was our lowest point. Right. And I remember specifically kind of like coming to peace with it and saying, God didn't say we can't ever have this. He just said not right now. Welcome to the Push Podcast. Why push? Because a nudge is just too friendly. And friend, we're here to help you get your shit together. I'm Eddie. And I'm Janelle. And we're the Copelands. We've got three daughters, two businesses, a mortgage, and lots of responsibilities. So just like you, we're struggling to find that perfect balance of ambitious go-getter hustle while still staying present, loving our kids, and working on our relationship. (laughs) And doing the laundry, going to the grocery store. Oh, and don't forget being mindful. Yeah, all of the stuff. (laughs) So if you're juggling all the things, but you're also trying to get to the next level, guess what? You're in the right place. So get ready to be pushed. Hey guys, welcome back to the Push Podcast. I'm Janelle Copeland. What's up, y'all? How you doing? You don't have an intro? Oh, yes. My name is Eddie. Boring. What happened to you? Oh, all of a sudden people want... No, people don't want anything. uh, Moving on. Um, Welcome to episode number 164. It's Edward J. Copeland, the ones and twos. What up, y'all? Is that better? Sure, honey. (laughs) Jesus. Um, Do you have anything you'd like to say? (laughs) (laughs) Anything else? No, go ahead. You can continue the intro. This is episode number 164 of the Push Podcast. I have a what in the world. Do you? No, you go first. I th- I, no, I you go I, first. I feel like I had one. I, I don't remember what it is. And you forgot it? Yeah, you go ahead, though. Okay, well, I took a flight this past weekend, and I was wearing slacks and a tank top and you know, semi-professional, I guess, because I was going to go to dinner when I got to my destination. And I'm on the, what do you call that, when you're like, you give your boarding pass and you enter the tunnel. What do you call tarmac? that? Tarmac? No, I'm no, the plane is on the tarmac. I'm oh. in the tunnel. <laughs> the tunnel. Okay, we'll call it the tunnel. So I'm in there walking and then come to a stop because there's a line. And then the woman behind or in front of me turns around and she says, oh, you look pretty like you're going to Hawaii. And I go, what, slacks? I'm sorry, what? And she said, you must be going to Hawaii. Um, I'm getting on the plane to Sacramento, just like you are. You're going to Sacramento. Right. And I said, no, actually, I'm going to the same place you are, Sacramento. She goes, oh, is that your final destination? You look like you're going to Hawaii. Like in 10 seconds, she told me three times I looked like I was going to Hawaii. And I was Maybe like, she was trying to say like you look like you're Hawaiian or something. No, Maybe. she said you look like you're going to Hawaii. <laughs> and she goes, uh, then she goes, well, what are you going for? <laughs> and I was like, um, I'm, I'm going to just visit family. That's when you respond and say, my mother said not to talk to strangers. <laughs> <laughs> You just tell it just caught me so off guard because I literally walked in the tunnel and she turned around just like because she noticed somebody behind her. She goes, you look pretty like you're going to Hawaii. I was like, what? (laughs) Like, who looks like they're going to Hawaii? I didn't have any Hawaiian print, nothing. Right. So I thought that was interesting. And I was like, Lord, please don't let me sit next to this lady on the plane because I don't think she's going to stop talking. But anyways, I was visiting my brother, Jared, and he told me this very interesting thing that he likes to watch on YouTube. And it's called Cartnark. Okay, so here's my question to you. When you go to the grocery store and you take a cart, you've checked out, you, you know, drive the cart to your car and you unload your groceries, do you take the cart back or do you leave it in the parking lot? 
or do you put it in the corral? I'll put it in the corral. Okay. So apparently there's a show on YouTube called Cart Narc where this guy literally is like filming people in the parking lot of grocery stores and he's waiting for you to be lazy. <laughs> and then he like full blown comes out and has this whole thing like, excuse me, I'm with the such and such, like acts very professional, but asks you if you're a lazy bones. Yeah. <laughs> Because why didn't you like have the courtesy right. to bring back the cart? Right. And so people are like, oh, you know, whatever. And so he slaps this magnetic um, bumper sticker on your car <laughs> that says lazy bones. And then people get all upset. And so they try to take it off. And then he's like, all you had to do was take your cart back. And then so they take it off and he slaps another one on. <laughs> so I guess it's like this whole confrontation in a parking lot of a oh grocery my store. God. And he's called the cart narc. And I guess he's got a ton of like YouTube videos and they go viral. There's like over a hundred of them. That's hilarious. Where he catches people. So uh, this is like a public service announcement. If you are one of those lazy bones, lazy people that doesn't take the cart back. Here's why it's important to me. My very first job. Yeah. I worked at a grocery store. I prided myself on clearing the like parking lot, making sure there were no carts there. And there would always be someone super lazy that sees me busting my ass in 115 degree weather and, you know, sees me pushing 25 carts and then they just leave it there in front of their car. And I used to always think like, God, it's so disrespectful. Yeah. But I understand people are in a hurry and we have busy lives or whatever. But usually there's a couple of cart corrals in the parking lot. All you got to do is just throw it in there. <laughs> what are your thoughts on that? I think you should take your carts to the cart corral. I do too. Or if it's closer to you to take it back. I, I just feel like it's there for your convenience. Mm -hmm. If you walk, if you showed up at the grocery store you know, on a Wednesday and all the carts were gone, you would throw a fit. And if they said, hey, we had to get rid of all the carts because people weren't putting them back and <laughs> it just was a, a, a nuisance for us. So we removed all the carts. So you're going to have to hold your own uh, groceries until you check out. So you can bring a bag to carry your stuff or you got to carry it in your hand. I think that's ridiculous. But, <laughs> but people would correct their behaviors, right? Yeah, but like that's part of like the grocery store is like yeah, supplying you with baskets. Yeah, but how do you teach these people a lesson? Okay. I don't know that they need to be taught a lesson, but it has always bothered me if people just like walk a couple extra steps, yeah. put it in the corral. Don't be a lazy bones. Yeah. So I don't know. Be careful. Beware if you are at a grocery store, Target, something, and you decide you don't want to take the cart That's back. Great. Just That's look fantastic. around to see if anyone's randomly filming you because you might go viral on cart narc. Yeah. So that's great. Uh, I just want I had, I had like a quick little thought. Okay. Not about cart narc, but I will tell you, like, there is something for everyone. I mean, mm -hmm. where did he find that? I right? don't know, but he and loves it. What kind it. of variations of ep like episodes are there? Like, I mean, it's, it seems like it'll be the same conversation. I think. I, I think the thing that gives it like some spontaneity is the fact that you have no idea how somebody's going to respond right. once you slap a bumper sticker. So on apparently, the, the guy's excessively like polite. Oh. But he's still putting like a, a bumper sticker on your car like, that says lazy you're, bones. You're making me do this. I'm so yeah. sorry. He, I have to oh, it's like his civil duty. <laughs> yeah. Civic, civil, civic duty. Civic duty. Yeah. yeah, that's right. And he is just like excessively polite. That's what Can, makes it so entertaining. Thinking about like civic duty, like, mm -hmm. like what is like something that you would say that you do that is like. I pick up litter. 
like trash. If People I trash. if I'm in a parking lot and I see that someone has thrown like a jack in the box cup outside of their window, I don't just walk over it. I pick it up. I put it in the trash. It yeah. drives me nuts. I find myself doing that kind of stuff too. Yeah, we're married. Yeah, I find like like if I I, I like to think oh, I want to leave things better than I yeah, found it. Leave the world in a better place than you found it. Is there anything else that you think that you do that's like a civic duty? Mm, I give homeless people clothes and shoes. Yeah. I never like let things go to you waste. You have a big harder on that. I always, yeah, I'm yeah. really big on that. Yeah, mm. I think that's good. I'm also a big like donator. Like, mm-hmm. like one time I was coming out of Home Goods and I had spent a bunch of money on shit for the house that I didn't really need, but it's good decorations. And I never carry cash. Right. But this one day I had a one hundred dollar bill. I think it was like a birthday present someone had sent me. And I came out of Home Goods, and this woman came up to me, and she was homeless, and she started crying and telling me the story, and she needed money and hadn't eaten in three days. And I was like, uh, I'd be lying if I said I didn't have any money. Right. And so, you know, because I'm holding my Home Goods bags, I just spent like $200 on washcloths and dumb shit. And so just something in me was like, okay, let me see how much money I have. And then I didn't realize that I only had the $100 bill. And I had like I was faced with that moment of do I lie to her and tell her I don't have any money? Well, I'm not going to do that. You didn't ask her if she had change? I did not ask her (laughs) if she had change. Do you have change? Actually, Actually, I only have a hundred. I do have something for you. No. But I'm going to need you to break a hundred. So I gave her a hundred dollar bill and she started crying. That's awesome. Yeah. So Um, I think that's my duty. Yeah. So I, I think everyone should help when they can. I think so, too. I think I think if more people like thought about their community in that way mm-hmm. without judgment and just helped and just did a little bit of something, I think this world would be even better than where it is. Well, yeah, because someone said, you know, well, what if she goes and does drugs? I go, well, that's not on me. That's on her. Yeah. Like, I did the right thing. I have to assume positive and qualify yeah, like everyone like, you give money to. Yeah. I mean, I honestly don't always feel comfortable with like these big organizations that like you go to the grocery store, do yeah. you want to donate your 75 cents to the blah, blah, blah? I feel like it's a scam. I feel like I, like I have no attachment to that. Like yeah. I have no emotional kind of pool. It's just for like guilt. Somebody says, you want to donate to the, um, you know, children's hospital. You're like, yeah. I guess I have I to. I have to. But I don't know if you're I do fraud. it out of obligation. Like, yeah. Like, I mean, are all this, is there a CEO making you yeah. know, tons of money? So speaking of money. But one time really quick at Home Goods, surprisingly, I was like, where does the money go? Like what hospital or what school? And she goes, actually, it goes to the local school, such as she told me the local schools. And I was like, absolutely. 25 yeah. bucks. Yeah. Because I was familiar with, you know, those schools in the community. But yeah, if it's like, do you want to donate to the Red Cross? I don't know. Yeah. But so. We watched something. So my what in the world is like, why did I, it's a what I wrote about myself. Oh, okay. I, I found this is myself. a personal development podcast. Yeah, I found myself a little emotional from the Matai Teo story oh. at the end. This guy, I was like, first of all, when I first like heard about this thing. And so if you don't know, there's a, there's a, a um, documentary on. Mantai Teo. Yeah, on Netflix. It's with Mantai Teo. Uh, he was a, f- a football player, played at Notre, Notre Dame, um, had a story, Notre college career, and then gets into this situation where he has this girlfriend that is a pen pal, pretty much, <laughs> that he never, ever meets. Mm-hmm. Um, you can laugh. 
you're not gonna laugh at that. <laughs> a pen pal, okay. <laughs> but basically, social media catfish. Yeah, he got catfished, uh-huh. right? And so all of a sudden, like he loses his grandmother. I think it was, mm-hmm. and then the very next day, the catfish. He loses girlfriend. the catfish pen pal girlfriend. Why are you calling her a pen pal? Because he only knew her via text, text and, and messages. So it's not. It's no, like they, they spoke on the phone. Yeah, if this was like forty years ago, it would be a pen pal. But now it is these days. It's, okay. Oh, they, yes, that's right. They spoke on the phone. Yeah, that's right. Pen is a pen, though. Pen pal is like you're writing pen. letters. Okay, I'm making light of okay, it. Okay, right. go. Whatever. Whatever. I don't want to cry. Okay, so I'm making I'm making jokes. <laughs> uh, so, so we watched this, and we're watching this guy's entire life just erode. Yeah. I mean, he's a, he's at the top of the top mm-hmm. in the in the world. And then it leaks that potentially this girlfriend does not exist. Mm-hmm. And part of the half the people think he's in on it. Mm-hmm. Half people think that he's not. Well, they think how stupid could you be? That's right. so ignorant. Like you can't be that naive. Right. Like you got played, bro. You're stupid. Because no one can imagine that yeah. any any person of that stature would yep. fall for something like that. And and so it was. And he could have had any girl in the world, right? And supposedly you fall in love with someone who you've never seen for four years, right? It's it was it's very peculiar, right? But it's a great story, it's and great, I believe him a million percent. But and you, you know, and you're glad to see that he's his life is great now. He's mm-hmm. moved on. But the crazy thing was was like he lost his edge, mm-hmm. right? So he's this fantastic football player. With confidence. Gold is has and his confidence is there. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, like the crowd turns their applause into booze and ridicule. And along with that downward spiral, his so did his his like confidence in himself. Well, yeah, because he was put on the first of all, this is a week or so before the NFL draft. Right. He's a top draft pick. Right. Top top, top five. Draft. Goes to the combine. And is there and all of a sudden he's he's listed that morning as the top three most hated athletes in the world. Yeah. On like some. But 48 hours prior, he was celebrated. Right. And so it's that would destroy me. Yeah. And it's 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 this this it's really terrible story because, I mean, if you don't follow football, you don't have to to understand this story. But when you're top five pick in the, in the draft, you get what's called a signing bonus. Mm-hmm. And this signing bonus can range from, you know, $5 million to $22 million to $25 million. Mm-hmm. For him, the, the speculation is that he lost 15 to $20 million mm-hmm. because now he dropped from the first round to like the second round. I thought it was third. No, it was the end of the second round. And very yeah. last pick of yeah. the second round. And he ended up getting like a very small yeah. signing bonus. But So basically, found, this like, cost him $20 million. Yeah. And so, you know, if you, you watch it, I'm sure you, you'll be entertained and, and it will be something that make you think. But watching him talk about like, like at the end, his like his life and how he's pushed through this, it was just, it was admirable because I think that it's it's one thing to... Like, you know, hit rock bottom, but never have really risen to the top of yeah. anything, right? You were almost at but the top. But the top of everything, and like, it's you're right there, yeah. and then all of a sudden, the, the rug gets pulled out from underneath you. I'd kill somebody. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, we were watching it, and I was like, literally, this person ruined his life. Right. I mean, luckily, you know, by faith and the grace of God, like he was able to pull himself out of it, but he's never going to recover from that $20 million that he missed. Yeah. So, like, 
part so the episode today is is really like in line with that like how do you like recover <laughs> in, in a case yeah. like that right well okay so before we get into that um last week we were talking about the fact that there's lots of layoffs going on right now, right? The economy is kind of gearing yeah. up for the recession. And so if you guys don't know our story, back in 2009, Eddie and I both worked for a large corporation. It went out of business. We were both displaced along with 13,000 other people just in L.A. alone. Right. And so we filed bankruptcy. It was a tough time. So we watch very closely like recessions and you know times like this because we know what it's like to have to get through some of these storms. So here's a... Some of the like notable companies that are laying people off right now. Snapchat just laid off 20% of their employees. Wayfair laid off 870. Robinhood laid off more than 1,000. Peloton over 4,150 people. Shopify let go of 1,000. 7-Eleven, 880 jobs. Bed Bath & Beyond. Let's talk about that for a second because they just closed, I think, 800 stores. Yeah. And... Um, in the news last week, you told me that the CFO of Bed Bath & Beyond committed suicide, yeah. jumped out of an 18-story high-rise and, you know, committed suicide. And so I'm reading all these reports about his death. He was talking about taking a break from business, like right before this happened. And basically, right before this, they got sued. Bed Bath & Beyond has a $1.2 million lawsuit that was filed the week before he committed suicide. Basically, all of these executives had fudged the stock's value in order to get a massive payout. Hmm. And so we were just like, did he really like take his, his own life? Like you're an executive for a large corporation. The corporation's not doing well. Right. And you're probably going to lose your job. And he did it after the major uh, layoff. Right. right. But is that worth taking your life for? Like it, that no. is so awful. Right. And so, you know, here we are teaching small business owners how to start businesses and how to build resilience and how to find confidence and how to do hard, scary things. And we're getting ready to start um, session 13 of Passion to Profit, which is our 10-week masterclass for small business owners that are looking to build, grow, scale their business. And I can't help but to think like these are stories that we have to share, not just with our students, but with anyone listening to the Push podcast, because even if you don't own a business, there are things you're going to go through that will feel insurmountable, like yeah. you cannot overcome them. And you can always overcome anything. Like I say yeah. that because we overcame the loss of two jobs, the fact that we almost lost our home, we filed bankruptcy, like that was our lowest point. Right. And I don't think at any point, I remember specifically kind of like coming to peace with it and saying, God didn't say we can't ever have this. He just said not right now. Yeah. Remember? And that yeah. was like all the resolution we needed. And we were like, what do we do to rebuild? It's that balance of like, like, you know, you're going to have, hopefully you have confidence in yourself and you know, you're going to have success. And I would say that the CEOs and the presidents of these companies at some point had massive amounts of confidence, mm -hmm. right? Um, and massive be, success. And massive, massive success. With that. But, but uh, with that, you also have to have the ability to know that this can all be yeah. taken away just like that. Mm -hmm. And you have to be okay with it. Right. Right. And you have to have that deep level of acceptance. Easier said than done. For but sure. But I also know that you have to have them back in your mind, like, what will I be without this? Yeah. And I think that that... It can't be your identity. It cannot. No. It, it cannot. And because you, everyone's got multiple stories. Like Mo he was like a parent. You like, have second chance stories yeah. all over the place. And like, you think about 
um, we were talking about uh, the Peloton CEO. Yeah, right? John Foley. John Foley. So he's a founder of, of Peloton. All of you probably have heard of Peloton. Great product, mm -hmm. right? And brings it to the marketplace. They're having a steady growth. And then all of a sudden, the pandemic hit. Wait, can I just frame this really yeah. quick? Because years ago, like I'm talking 2017 or so, I think it's around 2017, I heard his interview. I think it was for how I built this. Mm -hmm. And his story is incredible. Like, so this guy was a CEO, not a CEO, but he was an executive for Barnes, Barnes and Noble. Noble. Mm -hmm. um, and then in 2012, he started like, hey, I want to do this. He got all fired up because he took, I, I want to say it was like a soul cycle class, but then was like, this is stupid. You should be able to do this in your home. Why should you have to make an appointment and go somewhere? So he raised like $3.5 million from investors for his initial like seed investment, got all these prototypes. And the whole story is like from 2012 to 2018, where him and his wife are like living with the in-laws, about to file bankruptcy, their marriage is on the rocks. Like, I'm pretty sure they have kids. Like, and it was just like, oh my God. And you never gave up. It was so inspiring. Right. And then now to see him in the news where, you know, give yeah, the update. So, yeah. And so, so Peloton, um, so I think it was back in February, if I'm not mistaken, um, he actually stepped down as, as the CEO and, mm -hmm. and, and whatever that means, whether he was pushed out or, or what. But Peloton had a major, major loss in sales. And so I believe they, they went from being a $50 billion company to a $4 billion company. Mm -hmm. So they lost tremendous amount of value. And, and here's why, right? The pandemic hits and all of a sudden people are going crazy because they got to work out from home. Mm -hmm. And so the, the demand skyrocket. for Peloton skyrockets and they're trying to keep pace. Mm -hmm. But also you have to keep in mind, they're still a growth company, mm -hmm. right? They're still, they're not an established right. organization yet. They're still growing. And so based on what has been written, they tried to keep pace with that. Mm -hmm. And they said they started to, you know, open up more warehouses, start manufacturing more bikes. The cost of these bikes are really expensive. Mm -hmm. And then before you know it, people go back to work. Right. <laughs> and the, well, pandemic the pandemic is, is dying is, yeah, down. Yeah, the pandemic is dying down. So people, people want to go back to Gyms the are back in the, mm -hmm. uh, opening back up. And all of a sudden, demand drops significantly. And they're stuck with an, um, all this inventory and all this extra cost. Mm -hmm. So now they have to they, they have to let go like 3,600 employees. Mm -hmm. They've got to like get rid of all these bikes. And now they're pairing with Amazon to, to sell the bikes. And so they they've went from this kind of showroom, kind of Apple-ish, Tesla-ish type of- um, So now your shit's on Amazon. So now you're on Amazon, which tanks, it kind of takes away the value and right. the experience of buying it. But you look at this and now today, sitting in you know close to October and September, now he's being pushed out of his chair seat. Mm -hmm. And so now he's no longer associated with Peloton, right. does not work there anymore along with his wife and then all the other people that started the company with him, they revamped the entire leadership in that organization. But now you think about this person, to your point, who has this amazing story, mm -hmm. and now he's at a place where he's outside of the thing that he built. I'm devastated about that. Yeah. I just like knowing what it takes to build a company from nothing. It's your blood, your sweat, your tears, your vision, your excitement, your passion, you know, your ability to put yourself out there. Right. Think of all the years that his marriage was on the rocks or his bank account was like in the negative because he believed in this so bad and he wasn't willing to quit on it. And then to see the success that from, tw you know, 2012 
to 2016, 2017, like steady, like now kind of taking off, um, gaining press, like just getting everything that you work so hard yeah. for. And then the pandemic hits and boom, it's like valued at $50 billion right. and you're just rocking and rolling. And the article basically says that there were advisors telling him, hey, this is like fake growth. Like this, this is, is just it's inflated because of the pandemic. And they really believed, no, like we're going to go all in. This is our shining moment. And so they overextended themselves, got too much inventory. And then sure enough, the predictions were correct. And now he's squeezed out of his own company. To me, yeah. devastating. Now, let's all be honest, because people are probably thinking this. He's still filthy rich, right? right. Oh, yeah. But if you it, Google him, it says he's an American billionaire. Yeah. But that to to founders, like it's your company. It's your company. Yeah. It's like you like it's a, it's heartbreaking. Yeah. Right. And we were talking as we were like, you know, this has happened to Steve Jobs was pushed out of his company, mm -hmm. but eventually came back. Right. He could right? recover, which is not a normal story. No. Right. We work. Right. If we, you haven't seen the, oh, the show on we work on what is that on? What did uh, we watch? Um, I think that was on Apple TV. It's called uh, what? Apple TV Plus. But what is it called? We crashed. We crashed. So yeah. good. If you guys yeah. haven't seen that, go watch that. It's another story of you built something, you made it bigger than anybody ever could have imagined, and right. then you kind of ran it into the ground. So your board members vote you off. Yeah. And that's the thing like the companies that you were mentioning, and I hope like people like are paying attention to this, majority of them, except for maybe Bed Bath and Beyond right, all like rode the wave of the pandemic, right? You know, when you think about, was it Shop, was it Spotify? No, was it, um, um, Spotify. Spotify, some of these other companies, like they had some huge upward trajectory when it came to the pandemic because the economy- Shopify, sorry. Shopify, that's what I was saying. I was like, don't could start rumors, yeah. So Shopify, they thought, oh, no one's going to go back to yeah. stores, mm -hmm. right? Our business, and so they start to double down and they're not thinking about we're we're in a bubble. Yeah. Like you're you're having success based off of the current circumstances. This is not normal. But there's a balance. Like because when you are a small business owner and you're like constantly clawing and scraping and trying to have success and you see a little bit of win or a little bit of victory, you know, it's like for a small business owner, it's like, I think that sales are consistent enough for me to hire a staff, right? But you're afraid to hire a staff. You're afraid to hire help because what if it's not like consistent? Right. Then you're screwed. Yeah. So I think what it was interesting because when you think about like we crash guy, right? So <laughs> what is his name again? Um, Can't remember. I I'll forgot. Look it up. Yeah. Look up his name. But basically, this guy like had the biggest dream, sold his dream about rework, which is mm -hmm. a, a great um, Adam Newman. Adam Newman. You know, and so he gets pushed out. He gets some of the biggest valuations for his company and 400 billion, something, something. Cr crazy, yeah. right? So they just threw money at him mm -hmm. like crazy. And then he gets pushed out because, you know, WeWork just keeps losing money. Mm -hmm. But he recently just came uh, like out now with another product that he's putting to the table and he's taking, basically taking WeWork and making it for housing. Mm -hmm. So it's not like We Homes or something. I don't know if that's not the name, but I'm just saying like shared housing. It's called like it's shared housing across. So he, basically he's branding apartment complexes in a sense where you would be able to move to those like say you, you know, 10 locations throughout the United States mm -hmm. and you work remote and you're like, 
this month I want to live here. Mm. Next month I want to live in Miami. I would do it. Yeah. And so he raised like $300 million and he put another $300 million of his own money into it. So, but he, now he has a second chance and he has a second company. Yeah. So but you, you think about the person that threw himself out of the, you know, his high rise mm-hmm. because of whatever it was, it, it was, if it was business related, you know, I hope it wasn't, but if it was, then seems to be, it seems to be. But he, he's losing the fact that there's a, there's second chances, yeah. other opportunities out there, as long as you stay alone for the ride. So what do you need? You need faith. You need to know that like this doesn't define you. It can't be your identity. I think when it comes to like business or even stardom with like the Manti Teo, like there's going to be times where you're at the height and then there's going to be times where you got to come back down too. But you could always kind of go back up, I think, is the case. But I think the biggest thing is this to me is that your status cannot be your identity. Mm -hmm. The status that you get from the work that you do is just something that's there, but it's always fleeting and it's fickle. Yeah. Right? And so one day the crowd's clapping for you. One day they're booing for you. One day they want to see you win. The next day they want to see you lose. And I think that you just have to like stay within what you do and have integrity to that and go after it every single day and just know when you fall backwards, if you focus on just the thing that you do great, you'll find your way back. Yeah. But I do think that sometimes, especially now, we live by the applause. Yeah. Right. Whether it be social media or in the real world, it's what drives us. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, you know, he was devastated. Monte Teo was devastated by just the turn of how people viewed him. Yeah. Because he cared about people a lot. Well, you were so highly revered, though. Like he was big into his faith, you know, very religious. Like one of the reasons he connected with the catfisher was because that person was also kind of posing to be a person of faith, knew about the church, like everything just connected. You got to go watch it. It's really incredible. But I think the point of this podcast is, I mean, what do you want people to walk away with? Because for me, like the, the John Foley story of building Peloton I've been rooting for him forever. Right. We own a Peloton. Like right. we're obsessed with it. And to see that someone who went through so much over the last decade to build something is now like voted off of their own island that they built is really devastating. But I'm confident that if he comes back with something else, everything that he's learned will prepare him for his next chapter. Yeah. And I would love, that's what I would want people the to comeback take. The comeback story. The, the comeback story because- what is it that uh, about a slingshot? In order mm-hmm. for you to build speed, you got to pull it back first mm-hmm. in order for it to, to, to let go and mm-hmm. for it to go out and actually do something. And so sometimes you don't know what your slingshot moment is. Yeah. You may think because you've reached a height of status that this is your moment, but it may not be. Yeah. Right. You may have to come back like a Steve Jobs and make something even bigger and better from mm-hmm. the first time you did it. You may have to have a comeback story like, like Kobe, like mm-hmm. you think about h- him having a situation from the scandal. Utah, the scandal, and you would think that, oh, this is going to be the end of his stardom. Mm-hmm. And, you know, but then he has this comeback story and comes back and wins more championships. Yeah. And now that is a long distant memory of him. And he's leave the, he left a legacy that was greater than his, his, scandal. his biggest failures. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think that that's the biggest thing. I, and I don't remember where I learned this quote, but you are always greater than your your biggest failures. Mm-hmm. You're always greater yep. as long as you keep going, as long as you think that, hey, no matter what, I'm going to keep moving forward and believing in myself and believing in the fact that if I, if I turn this around, that I'll have another moment. Yep. I think you're going to have several more moments, honey. Oh, oh thank you. <laughs> 
I hope this was, you know, inspiring. I hope it was like eye opening to know that like wherever you're at in life or business, we definitely had our slingshot moment after we filed bankruptcy. It was like, okay, it is what it is. How can we learn from this? And then I think from there, we started being better stewards of our money. Yeah. And so here we are kind of going through this recession with our eyes on finances and other companies and other founders so that we can kind of help guide and share some of the things that we went through because that wasn't a fun time. Right. But it also wasn't the end of us. And so yeah. and I'm I'm slightly concerned with like the generation that's out there now mm-hmm. that has only and if you listen to this, just know that this that you've only lived if you are younger than I would say 35. Mm-hmm. You've only lived in in a bustling economy, mm-hmm. right? The the economy has been bullish since you know in, in the, for the last 10, 12 years, mm-hmm. and so you've not seen where people have had to really struggle or had massive layoffs. And so the idea that is you can create anything and make money off of it because so much money was out there right mm-hmm. now, right? People, I mean, I I was even excited about NFTs. Now NFTs are like people have lost billions of dollars on yeah. it, right? People Good thing lost. I said no. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, you, all of a sudden, and here's the thing that is important to know, that when everything is going good, just know not everything will remain good, mm-hmm. right? And so only the best will last. And then even when things are really bad, only the best will last, yeah. right? It kind of reminds me, I took Jordan last week. She wanted to get a trim, you know, her hair. It hadn't been cut in five years. And I was sitting in the chair and I was watching it. She doesn't know, but I was low-key panicking. I was like, and I don't panic about anything, but I was watching the girl just snip, snip her <laughs> hair and it was just piling up on the floor. And I was like, oh my God, I think that's enough. <laughs> And I kept telling myself, if she's not panicking, I'm not panicking because it's Maybe her hair. Maybe she didn't hair. see the floor. <laughs> well, I mean, I was like, that's a lot of hair on the floor, right? right? And so she gets up and I go, do you love it? And she goes, I love it. It's so healthy. And it's just hair. It'll grow back. Right. And I was like, that's kind of how life is. Like, yeah. I think she said it. Like, isn't that if you just knew that about life? Like, it's just temporary. Right. It'll grow back. Right. And I was just so proud of her. And I think that that's how you need to look at business or your finances or, you know, ups and downs of life, like whatever it is, like you can recover from it. So, yeah, I think a hundred percent. So there you have it. There you have it. Amen. Push through and push your cart back to the corral. Speaking yes. <laughs> of push, <laughs> So we hope you guys enjoyed this episode. If you got anything out of it, please take 30 seconds and leave us a review. Share it with a friend or family member you think could benefit from this. Don't get catfished. Push your cart back. And I think that's it. That's it. Push through. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Push Podcast. Hey, we want to hear from you. So if you have a question or there's a particular topic that you want us to tackle and you want us to help you push through, you got to do something for us. You got to go to Apple Podcasts and you got to leave a rating and a review. And in that review, go ahead and leave that question with your Instagram handle so that we can shout you out when we actually answer the question. And we'll talk about that on the podcast and make sure that, hey, this particular podcast is made for you. So leave a rating, leave a review you leave your handle and until next time push through